This is Coffee Number Five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Coffee Number Five. Today is one of my favorite days because I have to talk to a hero of mine uh, that I've been following her trajectory for many, many years, and then. Poof, one day I'm part of a community with her and I couldn't believe it. So I got to talk to her and get to talk to her more. And then I got her to come today to having coffee with us. So welcome, Misty Blasco. And thank you. I'm so glad you're here. I have so much to talk to you. And I don't think that this podcast is going to be long enough. But (laughs) let's get started. Give us a little bit, a short version of your amazing career, because you've been everywhere. Yes, I I don't like to say it's been over 30 years in the industry, because <laughs> I don't want to, you know, say how long at times, but I, I've grown up in the retail industry. Um, I started when I was going to go to, I was going to school and working retail, and I was as specific as being a third grade teacher is kind of what I wanted to do in my life. And fell in love with retail. So I was a stylist, a manager, a director, and I have moved my career all the way to being a president of two brands um, at the last eight years of my career. Um, So I have been in the industry and um, absolutely love it and have worked my way through um, every level. So some great brands that I've been a part of have been the limited brands, True Religion, uh, where I was working directly with the founder, Jeff LaBelle, um, to All Saints. Uh, that's an international brand, um, as well as John Barbados. And now where I sit is in Good American, uh, working with Emma Creed as she builds her empire. Yeah, well, I mean, it's an incredible uh, trajectory that you're having here. Um, but also what I love about you is that you don't come from saying, oh, I'm just coming here to to give orders. You really understand your business. You came from the bottom and you grow, you really climb the the ladder here. So you understand every piece, every role and how also this industry has changed over the years. Yeah, I think, yeah, as you come into corporate, you almost get so far removed from the reality of what's happening every day. And I am always um, working closely with the teams and in it with them um, in respect to all the work that they do. It's hard work. Um, I also make it and, you know, mandatory that the corporate team needs to go in store um, and spend time listening to the customer and being with the teams so they can hear it directly so they know what impact they're having in the corporate, you know, office environment and directing down um, documents and and tools and education and uh, making sure that everything is happening in in a productive way. And we were talking about this before the podcast, and it's so interesting. And this is always something when I used to teach at Cal Poly, uh, digital media for the fashion industry, something that I will address in the first classes always is that how they... uh, fashion world had to evolve really, really fast. I think it's a bit, the industry that it was affected the most by the digital world. I don't know if you see it that way, but for me, how it changed was drastically. Absolutely. Um, things are evolving so fast now that we have this social element um, that is involved in everyone's lives. And if you're not relevant and you're not top of mind, um, you're going to get forgotten. Um, so it's so important to be innovative and continuing to, you know, find out what people are are wanting and, and going after those things. Because if you stay stagnant, you're going to get lost and the next 
brand's going to get ahead of you. Absolutely. And, and, and at the same time, you're working always on trends and what's coming next, but you're working so ahead of time that it's a hit or miss. Yes, we've made some mistakes um, in you know some of our assortment. And we, we all know in 2020, we were all sitting at home in our sweats. Yeah. And we we still kind of wanted to be in our sweats over a couple of years. And now we want to dress up, um, but it's still a very relaxed kind of dressing. Um, so we never would have predicted that. Um, we when you think about fashion, you're you're planning six to, to 12 months in advance. Yeah. So you have to be agile in knowing where you need to chase into where the trends are potentially pivoting in a different way than what you bought into. But also we you need to become the trend. Yes. To yes. Set the tone. Yes, you need to set the tone. Yeah. So how do you yeah. do that? How do you predict that? How do you say, okay, I'm gonna because at the same time it's changing all the time, and with this influencer world, that there's one thing that stick and it can sell out like crazy. Yeah, I think the most important thing is is to have good relationships with one your suppliers. Because if we can react fast with our partners, we can get anything into speed to market. So that's one thing that I think is so beneficial in when you have an idea or you see a trend. Um, of course, we always want to be the trendsetters. Um, I'm in um, working for Good American right now and, and so proud of being part of an organization that you know is diverse and inclusive. And you can walk into any one of the businesses and buy a double zero to a size 32 and your size will be available. So that I think we have something on the, the cutting edge of what others aren't doing that makes us special. Um, so I think for us, we are continuing to think about how do we make sure that we're not always providing a skinny um, leg opening, that we are giving a relaxed fit and those things. So we're not having to reinvent what denim is in the, you know, for the business, but we're looking at how do we make sure that we continue to satisfy that um, everybody type um, and every type of female. Um, right. So, And that's so challenging because first of all, sizing and buying online is so hard because of the returns welcome yeah. talk about that but also is the styles are like for example i'm big in the top and i have it's really hard for me to find tops that they close because i big shoulders and i love certain styles but i know that that doesn't work for me so how do you fit it all it's so hard to make lines that you're going from size zero to size 30 something which is huge different and huge different body types yeah, um, it is It is absolutely a challenge every day uh, because one thing that's going to look great on you may look not so great on me um, and having that diversity in the line. But the most important is not to over-assort to where you're trying to chase everything. Um, and our brand currently, we stand for a few things and we do them very, very well. Um, so that's what we're always you know, kind of trying to make sure we're getting better. We have franchises that, to your point, um, Boss is our our suiting line. Um, so we have something for everyone that it comes to get our blazers or our pants. We also have a uniform line that is your basics. So a basic poplin, a basic knit, um, we can size that range from a smaller to, you know, a, a different size range and make it look amazing on our customers. We also have been really innovative in regards to our fabrics, where we have a scuba fabric that it works as a corset to kind of bring you in. Um, so we've had some, yes, we've had some fun with um, some of our, our fabric and um, fits. And, you know, we, we're all about making you feel 
really, really good in your own unique style. Um, so the range is definitely um, for everyone. But what I find interesting right now is this brand was based on being online. And we've all kind of learned to buy online um, and the convenience of finding something online versus having to go into a store. But I think now stores are becoming critically important. And it's what you just said. I want to go into a store and try it on to see how it fits versus trying to figure out my size online and getting frustrated when it comes and it doesn't work for me. So we are going to expand our store footprint at Good American so that we can give, we can, we can be where the customer wants to be. And we always we say, go where she is. If she wants to shop online, she can find us. If she wants to go to a department store, she can find us. If she wants to come in store, um, she can find us. So making sure that we have all of those options wherever she chooses to shop. And it's very interesting because I personally like to shop online. I'm not going to lie because I like to see myself in the mirror and see at home how it looks like. Because in the stores, it's always look different. <laughs> yeah so do you think that with the new technologies and now we're starting to get in place can we get uh the ai is gonna get us to have that uh, experience of purchasing and clothing and see it on ourselves anytime soon i think the customers and, and myself especially as well you want interaction like social interaction, people are still craving that. We've been cooped up for so long that people want to come out and be a part of an experience. And I do believe that retail is evolving to this more experiential um, environment where you can come in and explore different things versus sitting behind you know, your computer at home or your phone at home and trying to find things that you like. So I think it, it's it's evolved absolutely, and I think there are customers that are more comfortable shopping online. But there are customers I think that have a big desire to want to come in and experience brands one to one, um, and and, oh, and engage I, with. I yeah. agree. I agree. I really enjoy the experience of going and looking at what's available. I yeah. don't enjoy the experience of trying. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I'm the same. I'm not one to try on. But if you come to Good American, we have our fitting rooms are 75% larger than any other fitting room out there. And it just gives you this really amazing um, opportunity to kind of look at yourself in a, a dimension that you would normally get at home. So that, that's, yeah. that's great. And so did you guys find out that with a survey that people are looking for what this idea of being different in the fitting room came from? Yeah, it really came from being, you know, really wanting to be inclusive. And uh, Emma Creed and Chloe Kardashian founded this brand. Um, and they really, and, and Chloe, you know, has expressed kind of her, how she has kind of cha been challenged through, you know, her own personal um, clothing. And she, everything that we do, we look through the lens of being inclusive. And so that means our fitting rooms, um, that means the digital experience that we have in the store, because we know that the consumer is looking at their phone or on their computer shopping. Why can't you come into the store and feel that same environment within our environment? So we have, uh, we partner with Samsung. We have these really beautiful screens that showcase our fit and our fabric. You can go into our fitting room. It's incredibly well lit. Um, it's larger than you know you you normally would get. the The mannequins are um, different size range, so you can see how the product fits um, on you know different mannequins that, throughout that's the store. So unique. That's so yeah. unique and super inclusive. And yeah. 
as you guys know, I was 120 pounds heavier back then. And it was really hard, not only to find the clothing that they will fit me, but also to think, will this even fit my body type? Yeah, we get that all the time. And it's the most um, special moment for me and my teams is when someone comes in and says, you never will have my size. Um, and we get the size and they get in the product and they are so happy about how it fits and how they feel. That is the most rewarding thing that I get to be a part of every single day. Yeah. Um, but the, you're right. Most customers, though, don't know uh, that we have their size available in store or they don't want to ask. You know, can you get my size? Um, so we want it to be an environment that people feel comfortable in doing that. Honestly, because I was there, I can talk about this. And it feels so bad when you come to a store and they look at you and say, no, honey, we don't carry your size. Yeah. No, I know. I And being in the industry for a really long time, I've experienced that um, in many occasions because our, the brands that I've worked with in the past didn't go up to more than a size 12 usually in store. Um, and that has been, you know, a big challenge to not be able to service the customers. And, and now I'm, I'm really proud that I'm able to do that. Yeah, because it is disappointing for most customers to shop in store. So let's talk about the cycles of the, the fashion industry for a second, because I we always say, oh, the, the spring is coming in or the fall. How many cycles you have through the year and how uh, ahead of time you start working? Yeah, so we have four seasons. Um, so there's a spring season, a summer season, a fall se season, and a winter season. And that's kind of how the line um, is is made um, as we're going through proto review and, and looking at how we're going to innovate um, our collection throughout the years. So we look at season first. Um, we do have a bit of a wholesale calendar that we we need to make sure we're referencing so that we stay ahead of um, all of the wholesale business that's happening and not miss those deadlines. That's really, really important. And that's kind of how retail will follow suit. And then we're operating about you know six to 12 um, months in advance. So um, our fall line is already complete um, and we're looking at winter now. So as I sit here in February in the middle of spring, we're already looking at what the back half of the year is going to look like. Um, so whether it be colors or prints or trends that we want to make sure that we're capitalizing on in the new year. That's amazing. But Misty, you have also a very unique experience that is working with international markets. Yeah. And working international markets make it even more challenging because you're talking about different time, times of the year in different locations. Yeah. I and also most... different cultural values. Very much. Um, I think there's a positive in being international because as we all know, you know, uh, Asia definitely sets the trend. Um, then it goes into Europe. And then it seems like the U.S. is a little bit um, on the back end of what may be happening from a trend perspective. So that in being you know international, you get to get ahead of some of those trends a bit faster than you would if you were a U.S. brand. Um, so that was definitely a positive. But there are very big, big um, differences from Europe to what is happening in the U.S. that I recognize, whether it be seasonality. There's not a lot of seasons yes. um, internationally. Um, so when it's really, really warm um, in North America, it's not. Um, and so sometimes the customer is not ready to move on yet. Um, and so we would set seasons far in advance and you've got to be agile about what is ready now um, and where now product versus what you want to do to make sure that you're moving that customer forward through the seasons. But also there is a, 
culturally acceptable uh, clothing in one cultures or another's. Now another uh, market that is opening up a lot is the Middle East, for example. Yes. And yes. So differently how we need to approach those markets. It's very different. You know, I, I think even when you think about the U.S. and you compare them to what's happening internationally, there are those areas which, you know, we're, we're lucky in the U.S. We have multi-cultures um, that are, are living here and, and educating us on how they, they dress and live and, and, you know, values, which I love. And that can be incorporated into, you know, a fashion business. Some are conservative. Um, some are, are not so conservative. So I think it's just about balancing your assortment to impact, you know, it's not about doing everything for everyone. You've got to have set values in your brand and that you stick to those values. You're not going to satisfy everyone's needs, um, but being agile enough and flexible enough to move with trends and set your own trend is really, um, I've always learned um, with, you know, especially with All Saints, they were doing something that no one else was. And if you were doing it, then they would move there in a different direction. So I think it's about standing for what you believe in and having values and not chasing everything because you should be you know on the forefront of what you believe and want to achieve with with the consumer i love that and i think it's so important to stick to who you are yeah. as a brand because it's the only way that you're going to transcend and grow us in the infinite game it's true it's very um, true. Otherwise, you're just going to always be behind trying to catch up. Because when you think about the fashion world, it's it's six to 12 months ahead. Once it starts to catch on and, and whatever you know, you're doing for your brand, it's too late. You, you, you've got to stay ahead of it. Um, so it's about doing research and, and making sure that you stay relevant um, within the industry. You've got to, you, you need to have the knowledge. Yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, a lot of the fashion industry is marketing too. So yeah. when I think you need to be authentic of who you are as a brand and choose your collaborations, right? And not trying to chase what your competition is doing because trying to duplicate someone else or copy the neighbor's grass never works, even if you use the same gardener. That is so true. And that's such an incredibly important point. You've you got to figure out what your established values are and stick to that. And if you believe in it, that's the roadmap. And, and to your point, you keep trying to you know add in what everybody else is doing. You're never going to win and you're always going to be behind. Um, so that should be where, where you stay true. Even in, with your partnership, early on, yeah. you need to decide for any brand. And I talk to my clients a lot about this. It's like where you want to be. Like yeah. if you want to be in a Nordstrom, don't accept a deal with TJ Maxx yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's totally okay. And I know very successful brands that they're just TJ Maxx and they're they're doing fantastic. But you need to be true to your brand. And if you want to switch who is your target audience, you need to be very careful because once you switch, they might be not way back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, it, it's about patience um, and making sure that you are not rushing to make decisions in a panic state because the business may not be trending positively. You know, you, the, there are those right collaborations that are going to only give value back to the brand. And when you make those poor decisions, it's going to devalue the brand. So, and, you know, patience in making the right decisions and sticking to it and not veering. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So Misty, I know this because we're both part of women in retail, but I want to also give a shout out because there are a lot of women out there in retail and there is a lot of knowledge to be shared. Being in retail is not easy. And yes. I'm learning every day from you and from everyone there. But um, and I know that you are part of the board of directors. So how can we support the woman in retail, these women that are making a, a leadership decisions all the time and how we are uh, in the fashion world mostly? And how can we support other women out there and any individuals? Because now we have so many gender fluids also out there yeah. that we can support through fashion choices. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm so lucky to be a part of the board of women in retail, and it allows me to give women a voice. And that's truly what I want to have happen. I, you know, we need to stay connected, we need to share. And the thing that I think a lot of women, um, and, and I've run into the situation as well, is we have families, we have work, and things, you know, are are constantly kind of up in the air trying to balance. And I think we just need to make the time for ourselves to connect um, and learn and educate and support all women um, in, in whatever fields. And I think we have a tendency to get involved in the things that we're doing and our heads down and we're, you know, going forward. But I think, you know, being selfish and, and taking those times to, to spend with women that you don't know um, and want to learn more from, and then women that you do know and want to continue to develop relationships with. Um, but you, again, I know there's not a lot of time, but to make that time. And Women in Retail Leadership allows you to, you know, come together in small moments throughout the year. We have an incredible summit that we do each year at the beginning of the year in April, where you can meet new people and get out of your comfort zone um, and get support in some of the things that you might be challenged with. Yeah, and it's, I think it's very humbling be able to ask, I need help. I yeah. need support because none of us know everything. We don't have even the time to know everything. Yeah. So it's great to have in, in this community or any community be able to put out there, hey, I have a question. And yeah. I to let go on uh, a lot of communities because I didn't find that value. And the value of saying, hey, I have a question. Can anyone answer? And, and that's a beauty of in the meaningful way of a community. That's how it should be. Yeah, I think, though, too, a lot of women have a hard time asking for help um, and being vulnerable. And I think that that's a really important point to you know that being OK, but also not knowing how to share what they do. Um, and it may not be that they, they're not wanting to share. It's just how do they open up and be, you know, transparent enough to share and give ideas and thoughts um, and be comfortable in doing that. Women usually have been, you know, kind of trained to be reserved and, and not say a lot. And I think, you know, surrounding ourselves with, with, another, with other women that are not as confident can help lift um, ourselves up. Definitely. Yeah, I, I was talking to friend that I did, was in touch for a long time. And she was saying, I don't feel like I have anything to share. I say, maybe you even have a really great recipe to share. Yeah. Everyone There's has always something. something. Yeah. There's always something to share. And you might not be a businesswoman, but you can help someone make a quick meal. Who knows? And that you're helping that person. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I this came to light um, at my counselor meeting with my daughter. She's looking at colleges. And the first thing that she did was compare herself to everybody else. And I think that that as females never goes away. And, you know, your, your point around someone going, what, what should I share with, you know, the president of X? Um, you know, we, we just got to stop with comparing ourselves with others and celebrating what we do know and what we have accomplished and share that because yeah. it's always special, no matter who you are, of what you can share. Yeah. yeah or even a kind smile. A smile can mm -hmm. take you, can make your day. That's yeah. Such a big difference. Yeah. There's not a lot of kindness. Um, and I think that that's really important always. Always. Well, Misty, thank you so much for having, having coffee with us today. This was amazing. Thank you for having me. You're so special. And I really appreciate you choosing me to be on. Oh, I, I'm thrilled to having you on. And you guys, I hope that you enjoy this talk as much Find as everything you need at larashmoisman.com or in the episode notes right below. Don't forget to subscribe. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.